Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. I am joined by a very special guest, uh, somebody that I've been, this is going to sound so weird, somebody that I've been, (laughs) I don't even, I'm getting flushed now. Tracy Lynn is um, more than just a teacher. She is uh, somebody that I've been following since last year. Um, I found her through a mutual friend and there's just certain people that you for me anyway there's certain people when you're on social media that you're really drawn to for whatever reason and tracy was this person for me um i happened to stumble on one of her uh instagram reels and i was like obsessed like she's just when you guys see this video or when you start following her, you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. Um, Tracy Lynn, welcome to the show. I'm just going to continue to go on. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for inviting (laughs) me. This is amazing. It's an honor to be here. Well, thank you so much. Uh, You're joining us from the opposite side of the country. Um, And yeah, I actually didn't, I guess I didn't know where you resided, but um, like I was saying, Last year, I was in a pretty big rut, just like a lot of people I knew. And I've always been such a fan of movement and, um, yeah, like just getting in my body and, and being able to connect to myself through through movement. And I wasn't doing any of it last year. And so it's one of those things for me where if I'm not doing the things that I know make me feel good, it's just a perpetual cycle of you're going to crave more of the imbalance. Right. And so what I was telling you before we started recording was just seeing, seeing you just move so gracefully and the, the music that you would play and just, you're just, you know, you could just see somebody. I'm like, God, this person, I just want to be this person's friend. (laughs) (laughs) so anyway I know I'm sounding like a total creeper um you know there's I have so many questions about your relationship to movement because it seems like you've you've had a long um a long uh expertise in it so yeah I'm just I'm just curious like yeah why are you so fucking amazing like can you answer that is that not a very articulate question I mean, Welcome to the show, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know my biscuits were going to get this buttered before we started. <laughs> um, you just took my confidence to, to 1,000. <laughs> Thank you. Um, wow. Like, movement's always been a part of my life, but it's been in so many different forms. 
that it's really hard to pin down when it became what it was now, Mm. which is like ultimately an act of self-love. And it took a really long time for me to transform it into that because before, because my parents were, you know, Olympic level swimmers and my dad was in the Olympics for water polo, like we were supposed to be these like Olympic swimmers. And I was like, no. Plus, like when I was a kid, I was more interested in getting high and like not being what my parents wanted me to be. (laughs) So like, I'm not interested in swimming practice. I want to go smoke as much weed as possible. But (laughs) but that's kind of how it started. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, that's a lot of pressure to come from a family that's like, this is what's required of you, right? Like they were and they weren't at the same time. Like, Mm. I don't want to paint them in this way if they were like, you must do this. Like almost like they're like cheer parents or something. Like they've always been so supportive of whatever I do, except a couple of things, of course. They've, you know, especially my mother has been like, I would really prefer if you didn't shave off half your head and get tattoos. Uh, But (laughs) what are you going to do? So yeah, it's like what I do now is is ritual. It's a mashup of all of the different movement styles that I was taught as these methods of like healing, especially when I got like when I got sober almost 15 years ago and I kind of had to like come back into movement in a new way. And that's when I started doing yoga and stuff. And then like I came into dance, like I came into dance totally like in the opposite way that you need to do dance stuff. Like I'm around these people that have been dancing since they were three and my dork asses and they're just like, like trying to not look like a total buffoon, you know? Yeah, no, I love that that recovery was then your catalyst to that connection. I always love to hear people's stories on how they, they find that connection. The, the way I see it, it's like the mind, body and spirit connection. Like what brings us back to our bodies, especially if we have a history of, uh, you know, disassociating with our body or or moving out of our body, so to speak. Um, Oh my God. I was violent towards my body, completely violent and had zero regard (laughs) for like, yeah, it was, I mean, we're start. I had to start from scratch, you know? What was that process like for you? Like, how did you know that you needed to how did you know you needed to change something or did you feel like something was missing? Like, how did that happen? I mean, definitely after like, I'm just going to go here and jump in y'all. So like, just cause we don't have a lot of time, you know, <laughs> like definitely after failed, a failed suicide attempt. And I was like, okay, I guess I really need to live. So I'm going to cut this shit out. Like everything I do, I'm such a fucking Aries. Like it's all or nothing. It's either black or it's white. It's, all the way through. So I'm like, well, I'm going to get sober and I'm going to get super sober. So I'm going to do AA and I'm going to do AA super hard. Like I'm going to do AA more than any of you guys do AA. (laughs) I just left AA, by the way, like within the pandemic times, I had like a moment of clarity where I was like, holy shit. Like, why am I using 
this very out, no disrespect to anybody that use it because I think it's a very excellent program. But for me at this point in my life, I outgrew it, especially because I experienced some really heavy trauma within the program from members. And I realized oh. I needed to process it outside of the space and outside of the lens of 12 steps. And I so far haven't gotten drunk yet. So that's great. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I guess I'm doing something right. But, but yeah, it's like, it just took these moments of extremes and also realizing like, I don't necessarily have to settle in one place either. I can mm -hmm. dance between both areas. I can vacillate. I can be here, there. I can fall apart. I can pick myself back up. And that's kind of been my most healing transition is realizing that I also don't need to look at it through these lenses of perfection or like, you know, the way Instagram sells healing or like all yes. those things, you know, like yes. yeah. it doesn't have to look like that. Yeah. I think that's such a big source of contention for a lot of people, right? We feel that, oh, it doesn't, my practice doesn't look like yours. So that means I'm not good. Or if I'm not doing it this way, it means that it's wrong or Right. Oh, I can't ever do that with my body. So that means it's not for me, you know? Yeah. Um, God, there's so much, you said so many things. I'm like, where can we go? What can we, what can we discuss? Because, you know, this using yoga as, or movement uh, as a modality for healing has been hugely impactful in my life. And I will say again, what I said at the beginning that, last year was a really, really hard year. And uh, even somebody that has the tools and has the knowledge, like you know what to do, you especially if you work the program, you know, you know what you need to do to make yourself feel better. You know, it's like yes. uh, chop wood, carry water, chop wood, carry water, you got to just do the things and, you know, go through this process. But at the end of the day, like, that doesn't make you immune to feeling like shit sometimes, you know? And so, yeah. so I think it's important to be able to create an ecosystem within your life so that you can show up for yourself and do the things that you know you need to do in order to feel better. And so, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, you can share as much or as little as you want. Like I said, I mean, it's really, it's really up to you, but I mean, I know that there's a lot of people over the course of, the last year and even the beginning of this year that I've really gone through some really dark and in low times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what have you seen has been helpful for, for you and what have you seen has been helpful for the people that you work with or your students or the people in your life? I love that question because at least for me, not everybody had this opportunity um, because all of my work was based in teaching in studios and in inpatient and outpatient treatment facilities. So when COVID happened, everything shut down. So like the faucet turned off and I realized like I'm overfilling my life because I don't want to deal with this ugly shit that I pushed down here. <laughs> that I smushed all the way down. And when there was space, it came back up. And I really feel like collectively people were experiencing that. My partner, on the other hand, was, ex was having this complete opposite experience where it was like, no matter what, it was like, hey, you're a part of the machine, go to work. You don't get two weeks off. 
go. So we were like running parallel and colliding with each other a lot on these feelings because I felt an absence and he felt like there, there was an overwhelming feeling about it. So there's people from all these different spaces now, you know, coming into this digital world of like, you know, doing their therapy online, doing their yoga online, not being reliant on the energy of a group fitness space. Um, and for me, I really latched onto it because for a moment, you know, it wasn't about who, who else was in the room or what I was seeing in the mirror. It was really about feeling all of the feelings, which is something that I've been, I'm, I'm listening to a book right now by uh, Gabor Mate called When the Body Says No. And so much of that is about like how illness happens in us when we don't let ourselves feel, when we suppress emotion. And like, girl, I was in bathtubs crying almost every day. I mean, like everything came up, you know, between COVID, uh, between George Floyd, you know, my, my partner is black. And so I'm holding space for him and his feelings of being in America and being the son of an immigrant and, and the weight that comes, I mean, it was so much oh, like, I, yeah. it's so hard to encapsulate really what happened the past yes. like 15 months. Cause like it was so much. And, um, and honestly, I mean, seeing people rise, seeing people say, no, fuck this, no more really helped me get everything going where I was like, no, I don't, I don't really feel like participating in the yoga studio model anymore because I would have to turn away my friends that couldn't afford it. And I was like, this mm -hmm. is fucked up. <laughs> like, this isn't even ours. Like yoga is not even mine. Like why, why am I? <laughs> so all these, you know, deeper philosophical questions that I was asking myself. Existential crisis were rampant. <sighs> yes. Yeah. All those things. And so it really acted as a catalyst, like you said, or a stimulus for changing everything, which I'm all for because, you know, back in my early days of doing 12 step, I mean, they were like, you only got to change one thing and that's everything. So I really was like, okay. And, and yeah, between, you know, holding a person accountable for, you know, some really awful things that happened to me four years ago, me and many other victims, you know, that I'm, I'm starting to walk into starting next month. Um, so many essential things needed to change and man, did it create space for an incredible reality that I'm living right now. Like really, I mean that, I feel like I got threaded through the eye of the needle and I was so ready for that. And so when people are like, why are you in Orlando, Florida? Why would you ever go to Florida? And because I grew up in LA, to me, LA is the shit. LA is my home. LA was everything, but I also wove LA into my existence as if I'm not doing it here, it doesn't matter anywhere. And I was like, why am I limiting myself like that? Mm. Like, why am I saying that I'm not gonna be a successful teacher except in LA? And I was like, oh, I got to leave. <laughs> like, I need to leave now because I just said that out loud. Mm -hmm. So that's how I'm here, you know? <sighs> oh, so. I just went on a 
train girl no I'm this sorry. is good no don't apologize this is what we do here this is part <laughs> of this this experience and man I can relate to so much of what you said I had a similar experience back in 2013 um Tori my partner was going through like a really I'm like existential crisis himself he was actually going through a lot of just personal things and he needed he needed to change and I felt like oh I can't be a proponent for change if I'm so stuck to being here in LA because I had that same mentality and I'm back in LA now but I live we lived in Portland for many years like four years and it took me leaving to feel that experience where oh right like LA isn't the center of the universe things can happen and in fact I would have stayed in Portland and and I say this and Tori knows this but I, I didn't actually want to leave Portland. I loved it. I didn't want to come back to LA, but I did. And I'm grateful to be here, but it, it's, those are the moments where you allow that growth to happen. But I think that's part of being a yogi too, right? You have that discernment to say, oh, I said that out loud. Now I have to do it. Like now there's no way for me to not do it because I've shined the light on it. And now here it is. Um, you know, you, you said something and I'm, I'm happy to not go into it if you don't want. So it's really up to you. This is our time together. Um, it, it just so happens that I have a, a very close friend that I work with that has had a similar experience uh, in a program where uh, she has had something happen and she was the... Um, she was the person that had to call it out and be the sort of spearhead of this situation and now she's in a position where um this is your community it's like one of our big our biggest fear internally is being spurned from our being turned away from our tribe right mm -hmm. and so in that experience like you're put in a situation where you have to change so much of the norm, right? You have to change so much of the status quo or the ecosystem that you've created in your life, especially when you have a support group or uh, people that are sort of um, supportive in your ability to heal. What happens when you don't have that anymore? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what can somebody do in a situation where now you no longer have the safety of being in LA, you no longer have the safety of the people that you know, you no longer have the safety of a place that you thought was safe. What happens then? Like, what do you do in that situation? I mean, for me, I always go by my, I go by my intuition and what my gut is telling me. And I don't have a clean answer, but I do have an experience that I'll share because to me, experiences are the best ways to answer questions sometimes. And before we moved here, we lived in San Diego for a while, which I love San Diego. Same thing. We didn't want to leave San Diego. Who would want to leave San Diego? It's like, it's like LA turned down to 60 volume, you know, with like better tacos sometimes. Um, and <laughs> And, you know, I told myself like, okay, so I'm in this new area now. So I need to, you know, embed myself within the community. And Rosie, I don't, it just never stuck. Like I just, mm. 
I, I never found it again. And is that because, you know, when I first came in, I was a child that I was 14. And, you know, when I finally got my shit together, I was 17 years old. And so I had this like, I, I don't know what it was, but what I do know is that after I read this book called Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker, Holly something, I'm pretty yes, sure. Yes, I think something. you're right. Um, which was a feminist perspective on sobriety and um, on social justice in sobriety. And it was a aspect that I did not, did not know, but needed to, I mean, I just cried the entire time I listened to it because they were like, I mean, she said things like, how do you process sexual trauma through a program written by a man that for my knowledge, I did not experience this when, when the whole thing is about finding your part, you know? And so like, and there's not a single experience. There's unfortunately multiple experiences that I've, that I've been through. And every time, you know, it's like we butt up against these, these old adages of like, well, did you look at him or like, well, what were you wearing? You know? And so I was mm -hmm. just like, what the fuck? I can't, I can't do this, you know? And I mean, she really gave me full permission and said things that I was afraid of saying like, yeah, what if you drink again? Cause to me, they, they told me to drink is to die. And I was afraid of dying. Like I didn't want to die and I didn't want to disappoint my, my people that believed in me, you know, from the beginning. And so I had to kind of I had to like trust fall essentially and just be like, I got to do this differently. And it feels right, like it just felt right in my heart, but it was the most painful thing just telling people like, hey, I need to try some different things because I feel like a therapy Olympian and I can talk about this shit over and over, but there's some untapped shit and I need to go into some other avenues in order to dig this out. And that was my cat. <laughs> you what agree, baby? You agree, huh? What a perfect. So good. She was like, period. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, it's like, just like anything, like, why are we attached to something? Why are we attached to living in one place or attached to one group or one way of thinking of things? If anything, you know, the, these past few months have taught me that anything and everything is subject to change. Mm. Yes. And to be adaptable, like to roll with the punches, to be willing to be like, huh, I guess that doesn't work anymore is, is okay. And you can change, you can shift. Um, and there's a lot of freedom in that. A lot of freedom. Yeah. What is your favorite thing about being able to hold space for people be, to be a teacher? My favorite thing about that is watching people start to become themselves like unapologetically, you know? Because I think 
yoga in the West has done a really amazing thing and introduced a lot of people to tools that helps them become healthier. If you want to get more scientific about it, helps them modulate their nervous system, helps them to find healthier coping mechanisms, you know, I mean, with anything, everything can also be overdone. Um, but when I started to watch people be like, yeah, I can do this. And I can also be this person. If anything, this thing, doing this yoga, or this movement enables me to be who I wanted to be. Who I suppressed, who I silenced, who I was afraid of putting out there. Because I honestly feel like our ultimate motivation for a lot of things is to actually just be connected to people. Yeah. That's so true. So, so poetic. It's true. And part of my process through navigating what a yogi is supposed to be like or look like um, was really challenging for me as well because I thought oh like I'm from East LA and I wear sweats and a hoodie to yoga like I don't have hundred dollar pants to wear you know I, I want to be able to do this practice in a way I want I, but there's that that part that feels like how do I fit into this and oh I have to be this way this is I have to be like everybody else I have to you know uh, listen to Tibetan bells all day long like I can't put you know like I can't listen to Tupac and I can't put Deftones on like I got to listen to um, you know all the the Tibetan bells and yoga music or else I'm not going to be a yogi right um, so I think just piggybacking on what you're saying that uh, it creates that empowerment, right? So, but we have to see it modeled through teachers like yourself. You know, we have to be able to see, oh, right, this is this is something that we get to do for ourselves. And part of the process of yoga is cultivating that discernment to know what to do when we're not on the safety of our mat or our cushion. And to me, yoga is radical love. I mean, that's why I started the podcast because I'm like, what this is, this is something that we can do to, as a tool, like you were saying, for our journey to connect to that highest part of ourselves and to be more of who we are. And, and part of what, you know, you, if you study yoga philosophy, I mean, part of the the you know the yoga sutras or what we study is like we have to do the work to excavate what is what is there you know to to bring to light to make the unconscious conscious so that we can be more grounded and make decisions from a clearer state of being so that we can feel more confident because if we don't do that internal work we're just going to be you know like a magnified version of our inner asshole, you know, um, as opposed to just being a magnified version of our highest self. Um, but I, but I like what you're saying because I think it's important to hear somebody tell us that it's okay to fuck up and it's okay to, you know, please fuck up. 
<laughs> right. Please. Oh my God, please, everybody <laughs> fuck up immediately. It's so important. Oh my God. Okay. And also, can I piggyback off of what you just yes, said? I know please. you were going somewhere, but you just brought up so much in me because like, okay, we know that doing physical asana is one part of this eight limbed path. Okay. We understand that. We're very obsessed with doing it. It makes you feel good, look good, whatever, blah, blah, blah. To me, when you are going through that body part, the body part of it, I think is described as like the kosas or like the layers, okay? There's a lot of people that are stuck in the body layer. They can go no deeper. You hand them the tools to where their body communicates with them but they refuse to go deeper. I saw this all the time when I was working in treatment facilities with very traumatized people. Amazing things would happen when they would do this stuff, feel the things, which usually came from being very uncomfortable, feeling like, fuck this. I had people scream in my face telling me, fuck you, you fucking bitch. I don't wanna do your dumbass yoga shit. And I was like, okay all right, well, you can leave. And then they would leave. Or I would tell them, hey, bud, like you ain't ready yet. Not for yoga. That fucking doesn't matter. The yoga is just the threshold. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the hot dog bun. Like we're just serving it to yeah. you, right? Like <laughs> it's like, it's the dog pill in the fucking peanut butter. Okay. Like <laughs> That's what it is, you know? Oh my God, totally. And like, there's people that go deeper and it's so tight. It's so amazing when that happens. Um, but but yeah, we are, and it doesn't surprise me, especially in America, because we're, you know, we're so patriarchal and capitalistic and sex obsessed and perfectionistic that we get very stuck on the body. So the people that go deeper without getting stuck in the trappings of ego are really incredible people to come by. Um, but typically, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because lately I've been able to actually be connected to like real people in India. <laughs> like, man, that like over the past year, the like Southeast Asians that I've been in contact with have completely changed the way I view yoga and the way it's presented in the West. And I'm so glad that they kind of shook me and was like, Psh, like, hey, when you do this, it kind of looks like this to us. And I was like, holy shit, I don't want to be that person. So how can I do better? You know, it was like an hour conversation I had yesterday with some of my friends. And I was like, wow, like, I mean, I feel like a lot of people think everybody in India are just these high spiritual beings and everybody is like, everybody goes to a shala and like <laughs> everybody's vegan and everybody's Hindu, but it's, but it's not true. <sighs> and so what I try to present to people is these borrowed practices that are not mine. And the way that I've alchemized them in my own body as a traumatized person, as a person that's been drug addicted, as a person that's been sexually abused and assaulted, and how it helped me just get a little bit freer and get a little more fucking space. <sighs> 
to breathe and to like be myself, to be the weirdo that I am. <laughs> well, and I think that, the, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue. No, you're good. But like, that's just what I'm, that's what I'm trying to push out. And I know that I didn't answer your question at all. I don't think, but. No, you did. No, but you did. I mean, this is, you're actually just showing more of what I was saying in the beginning when we first started. It's like, I think that it's, it's an important it's important not just as somebody who has a follow a following or has students, but to be able to actually embody and practice what you preach, right? So I think that the reason why I was drawn to you so much is because, yeah, you can be, you being yourself in whatever way you're alchemizing the tools for yourself um, is inspiring for people to be able to do that as well. You know, like your ability to just take that in and just be more of who you are and make mistakes and still continue to learn and try and do better. I think that's inspiring because it shows us like, yeah, we don't have to be all things to all people. You know, mm -hmm. there's there's so much to learn. I mean, I, I like to say that I will forever be a student. You know, when people come and study with me or they take a training with me or they come to a retreat. And they're fully transformed, you know, in, in for themselves. I did nothing. They transformed because they were able to actually feel what this practice created for them. Um, but that's not, it's like the teacher doesn't do that. Like we as the student have to be able to take action and, and do the things that we need to do in order to get there. It's not just bestowed upon us. It's not just given to us. We we have these tools um, that we can utilize to our advantage to become better, more connected, more grounded, more loving, more compassionate, more kind people. Um, and I think that what you said is key. Like, I think everybody listening definitely go, you know, follow Tracy and you'll know exactly what I mean by what I'm saying is that there's just certain people that you can just see that they have that thing, you know, that thing where it's like, oh, this person's actually doing and practicing what they say they're doing. This person is actually, yeah, able to be silly and able to be themselves and able to really uh, shine their authentic self. Um, and it's not like, we know when people aren't being authentic, right? So I'm, I'm going to attribute that to your uh, commitment to healing, your commitment to your own recovery process, whatever that may be. Uh, and again, I'll say that it is, it does have an impact. I mean, look at how we ended up here right now, you know, yeah. and that's just, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to butter your biscuits, I guess, but that, that just speaks to your, um, your integrity and your level of showing up. And it's like I said, for teachers like myself, that is what I aspire to be. That that is what I aspire to do as well, and and it's okay for it to be difficult. It's not easy for everybody, and it's not going to look the same on everybody. But I think it's important for us to continue to inquire within and to utilize the tools that we have to create that space, like you said, to breathe. You know. Yeah, and to really look at like, what do you want to do? 
Who do you, how are you, how, why? Asking yourself why is great. Why am I doing this? And introspection, inventory, however you want to call it, to name it. And then actually like creating that, that change is just big power move. It's some BDE for sure. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I love that. <laughs> How do we In change my brain. that to, no, 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 it's good. It's good. As I was saying it, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to say it. it yeah, no, it's is. good. Yeah. I call it BHE, big hoop energy. I like you know? that. You know, it's like, uh, mm. you put the big hoops on and you're just like, all of a yeah, sudden girl. you're, I'm white as fuck, you know, like the big hoops weren't for, for the white girls, but you like, know, that's, no, but that's not true. You shouldn't say that. I, you know, like, I think be open, try it. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. You know what I'm right. saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. 1000%. Give it, a, give it a try. Um, all right. Well, that being said, um, I feel like this is, this was an appetizer to, uh, more episodes with you. <laughs> so thank you for that. And, and thank you for agreeing to be here and like I said it it just um it's nice for me to have somebody on where I get to fangirl out for a little bit because it feels good you know it really does so before I ask you the final question uh where can people go for more information where can they reach out to you and find more of of you um, so my website, www.tracylynnmovement.com. Um, you can sign up for newsletters. You can reach out to me and email me that way. It's T-R-A-C-Y-L-Y-N-N-M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T. And on Instagram, I'm very active on there. That's where I really keep my, you know, stay in contact with people. So it's Tracy Lynn, same spelling, but with love. And I keep that Tracy Lynn with love all over across all the platforms. TikTok, you can find me in all the things. I do a lot of shit talking on TikTok. So <laughs> if you're into that type of silliness where I just like to poke at people and be silly, that's where you can find me too. But um, yeah, so either my website or my Instagram, both of those things are great means of connection. Um, so hopefully they're able to access through that. Cool. And we will add all of those links in the info button wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching the video, it'll be in the description below. All of the links that Tracy mentioned will be there. And yes, please, those videos are hilarious. Um, okay. So final question. Yes. Is uh, about the podcast. I created the podcast because I wanted a place for people to go to to get inspired or to just hear their story in somebody else's and the whole idea is that we are radically loved and radically supported by god buddha whatever higher power of your understanding the universe works for us and not against us and so the final question is how do you feel radically loved i feel radically loved in so many ways um especially lately with the way that my partner has told me no matter what I want to do to just start and to just be and to just learn along the way. Because as we learn, to me, 
when I accept myself through that process, it is the ultimate act of self-love. And that's where I'll leave it today. Thank you for making all my dreams come true. Tracy Lynn, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Share this with your friends. And uh, don't forget to tag us if you post this. Anywhere you post it, tag us. We, we'd love to, to hear how this landed with all of you. And, um, and even if it didn't, actually, if it didn't land, don't message us. Um, don't. Even though don't. I'm, people like to message all sorts of weird things. It's, but. you know, you guys just, it's fine. If you don't have something nice to say. Guys, um, life is a buffet. Take what you want. And then leave the rest. You don't. That's right. Yeah. Thank you all. Thank you all so much. And again, thank you, Tracy, for being here. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.